0: To support this podcast, go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Any amount is appreciated. Once again, positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Thank you and enjoy the program. This episode is also brought to you by PBandjoey.com. Simple, honest, and delicious. Go to PBandjoey.com for the all-new dark roast coffee. That's PBandjoey.com for more information. PBandjoey.com. and Hey folks, open an account today with Weeble, and with just a $100 deposit, you'll get four free stocks. And if you refer a friend, you'll get two more. Such a simple way to start a portfolio with the power of a desktop, tablet, or cell phone. With Weeble, you'll get zero commission fees, access to pre-market trading, and in-depth analytical tools for more advanced users. If you want to support this program, go to positivesarcasm.com. Click on the Weeble banner in the contact section. That way I'll get free stocks and you'll get free stocks. Now that's something most of us can agree on. Terms and conditions do apply. See weeble.com for more information. Thank you to Webull and please trade responsibly. Ford housewives, so they're generally hitting the Moscato too because they need something sweet in their lives because their husband is f***ing sour. Should that ring on your finger? Some pygmy died digging that out of a f- For you to say I do and ruin some guys like, you know, look at that dude. He's got a hernia shaped like a bag of f**ing pretzels that he just. You're going to Thailand. You're going to smash some dude. Going over there for guy time but it's not with his buddies. What does it say on the bottle? Well, if it says that on the bottle, why did you put it on your head? All these actors did was shut their mouths because they didn't want to be run out of Hollywood. Now a bad batch of Chinese food has you blowing insurance premiums on vitamin D. Too much. (laughs) I sound like Bill Maher. Really, John? Really? Really? We can't do this anymore, auntie. I'll see you at the bar mitzvah. It's almost like it never existed, but it did. So do me a favor. Go yourself. Jay here PositiveSarcasm.com, recorded here from the Spare Parts Studio. We Happy Sunday, everybody. Night. Hey, you know what? Hold on hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Is that jazz that we're listening to? Yeah. Crushed Velvet. Cherry Noir. Molly. Thank you. Good night. Tip your waitress. And your mistress. So, uh, yeah, anyways, you can find me on social medias. You can go ahead and email me directly. Do, 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 do. Trying something different. Maybe a little background musical. Turn this shit show into a C. C+. Uh, but you can email me directly, positive sarcasm at outlook.com. You can also just go through my website. You know, you can go to positive You can click on the contact page and uh, be like, hey, it's me. I need this. And i will be like, well, okay. Uh, but in the meantime, you can go there. You can support this entire platform by not having to go to Patreon. You can just go directly to my website, positivesarcasm.com slash donate. You can donate a dollar. You can donate a million dollars. You can donate all your dollars. Uh, I'd appreciate it either way. Thank you so much for listening, watching, and subscribing as much as you do. Also, check out my, my other YouTube channels. If you want to see where it started from the very beginning, go to Positive Sarcasm on YouTube. Check out all that stuff. That's where it all started. That's where I first started shooting content. And then this thing came back. Ooh, hallelujah. And then, of course, my Positive Sarcasm reaction page, where I basically just freak out to some of my favorite metal tunes. And then people dive into detail in the comments about everything that maybe I don't know about, nor do I care. But uh, I enjoy talking to you guys in the new channel. And uh, welcome to the new subscribers uh, on all the platforms. But in the meantime... We gotta get to some articles, and then we gotta get to some cherry noir, and we gotta get to some jazz. It's like peanuts, it's like it's like the cartoon peanuts and Starbucks. I wonder if I'll start doing this more. I kind of like it. It kind of keeps me. I don't know if it's gonna fuck up the rhythm at all. I don't know if this is gonna, if it's gonna work or not. But we're gonna try it. We're gonna try. I mean, I just came back from a weekend where, I mean, I had broken gear. I didn't know if my Mike, Lincoln was gonna make it back. Um, I was emotional. Uh, I was, okay, so, I was in, where? I was in a, oh, I was in Lake, o- first of all, I didn't know Hoss- Ossipee, New Hampshire had a lake. Apparently they do. And apparently it's quite a nice lake. So, Lake Ossipee, um, which is an Ossipee. Has something called Doc Fest. It started in 2020 because everything was closed. Uh, so they like fuck it, let's just open up all our docks and have a blast, and basically have a giant town uh, uh, block party. So all the rich people from Massachusetts opened up their blocks, opened up their 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 uh, their docks, and uh, started you know playing music and bouncing from house to house and really just having a grand old time. I mean, great idea, nothing says community like a block party that takes up the entire town. So this year they found a non-profit cause uh, through Hero Pups, which, I mean, obviously, common sense prevails. And they decide to sell some t-shirts, make some great, raise some awareness, and then, hey, let's bring some puppies, some idiot photographer, that's me, and, uh, you know, make a day out of it. Let's make a day out of that! So we went up there first thing i got there there's like first of all there's like 15 different freaking uh 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 you know docking locations there's, there's pine river there's a private one there's this one and that one so uh, after that my I, I parked my car um i got in and then I, I took a quick ride with some cougar a real estate agent and then we jumped into the hp van and we went and just went to these meet and greets where all these people just wanted to give and wanted to show support and wanted to see the puppies and I just stood there and took pictures. Now since I have anxiety about leaving my dog behind, who is well not fully trained he's just my best friend Um, I brought him along and that can be tough because he's not one of those, I mean he's a lovable dog but he's timid in front of people and if people ambush him he's like what the fuck? What was that? And then, you know, that scares people, and that's not a good thing to do when you're trying to, you know, donate to a righteous cause. So, um, but, I mean, obviously, if he got a little out of line, I just put him, you know, I, I hit him in the back and finished doing my job. Um, but it was, you know, for me to actually go back and actually have to do these events, even if I'm contributing in some small way, it, regardless, we'll just just take, pull that aside to just be there, regardless of if I'm I'm even helping or not, just to be in the presence of that, in these people that I I call friends and I call, you know, colleagues or whatever, you know, to be there with my dog and just witness all of it, it it made me, um, I was already having a, a, like, a tough week per se, because, I mean, full transparency, it's, it's not easy for me still. I still got a, a lot of stuff that I'm trying to figure out, and, um, it's been a traumatic year, more traumatic than last year, last year was like, all right, cool, I'm gonna plan shit out, this year's been very traumatic, this year has been, like, I'm still, I'm still shaky, you know, and I can't have really too much go wrong, and plenty has, so, and I don't talk to a lot of people about, uh, how I'm doing, really, or what I'm doing, I don't, I mean, I don't, I don't talk to, any, any behavioral health specialists, or, you know, uh, my family, I keep it, um, pretty, um, simple, per se. I mean, my, my family knows everything. They know the horror story, uh, and you guys do, obviously, as well. Um, there's some things I legally can't get into, but, um, there's plenty there for a conversation, but just to be, actually talking about it some more now that i have i have a lot of stuff that i have to get done and i got a short period of time to do it in and um to be there just witnessing and then to have uh the you know the the creator of the nonprofit come talk to me and she's like she's talking to me she obviously has a lot on her plate but to come talk to me she sees me as somebody who is very fragile and she's right i am very fragile right now and she was talking to me and um, and then she just kind of she struck that chord. I just kind of really got emotional, like I am right now. There's like a glass, there's like a glass w- uh wall there right now, and it's just like if you break through it. I kind of, I just become a, a, a mushy shell of myself. And uh, I was just talking to her about about you know Chase and everything, and and she started talking, and I just kind of like, I mean, I just kind of got really rough you know i I got really you know emotional and it's tough i'm still going through that and everything has everything has to go right right now because everything else has gone so wrong um other everything has to be planned out and i have to basically treat this situation like i'm george washington escaping the british at yorktown i believe it was yorktown um and it's it's she caught me in a moment, and I was just—I kind of almost broke down. And for the rest of the day, I was kind of just kind of there, you know, and um, trying to take pictures and, you know, be attentive and make sure I was there, you know, for for my my dog, my friend, and uh, trying to figure things out from there. And, and sometimes when people ask me about stuff, how's everything going? I know the easy answer is to be like, great, no problems whatsoever. Everything's awesome, just swimmingly. But they know I'm, f- it's so easy for me, for people to find, know that I'm full of shit if I say that. How's things going? <sighs> Doing the best I can, you know? And, you know, that's kind of where I, li- a lot of times it's where it's left. But they know that I, che- when I cherish some things so, so much. And, uh, right now I'm very, uh, I'm very, you know, fragile at this state right now with everything, and I've got a lot on my plate, and um, trying to have some fun with it. And you know, I, I came to the realization that with everything going on right now, I can't, um, with with an, with the exception of um, the desk work, you know, such as the podcast or video editing for a client or audio editing for a client or the music reactions, I can't really, I can't really risk shooting any content any traveling content for the remainder of this year it's just it's not in the cards because number one i don't know what's going to happen with this whole thing that's going on uh with you know this variant bullshit uh that's number one number two i can't financially it's not a smart decision i need to get situated first get situated get my my rock and my foundation and my time is far less than it used to be I don't have that real time to just sit down and um, just edit, you know? I, I, I have my moments, but I had to really pick them now. So I can't just go out there and shoot willy-nilly uh, depending upon the content or the location. It's just not... It's no of no value to me unless I deem it valuable or monetarily valuable. It's not just, oh, it could be some good content. Yeah, it could also be a giant pile of shit and I just wasted my whole fucking day. And, uh, you know, my car overheated and my dog's been, you know, hasn't seen me all day. And that's just, no, it's just flat out. No. And that's not going to happen. Not happening. Um, and you know, I broke my, I broke my gear. I broke some of my gear. I have this nice road microphone that goes on top of my, my, uh, Sony alpha, not my Sony alpha, Sony AX and the fucking thing broke again. So it's like, all right, well, I got to fix that. I have to fix it. Uh, Cause it's a nice microphone. I'm not gonna replace it. I'm just gonna fix it. It's like, all right, I gotta, I gotta regroup here because I'm obviously not in a steady state. If I'm not, if my brain is not in a steady state, I can't produce the kind of content that I want to produce. I know the podcast has been kind of shaky since its resurrection after the exclusive I did, but um, I'm still trying and I, I'm still trying to find a happy medium where I'm in a situation where I'm safe, my my friend is safe my the roof over my head is is solidified and i know what's going to happen week to week and when my brain is calm like that my ideas start to flow my ideas start to flow and then my alpha brain kicks in and my alpha brain kicks in the supplement i take and then things start to click and then i get into a rhythm and then that rhythm becomes really good and then that's when good content but i don't have that right now so i remember back when um I remember back when I had, uh, I was really good at, like, writing blogs and stuff. And I had a good, an environment where I would just sit down, listen to some Pandora, sip some tea, and I would just start writing. I could do that. There was nothing in my brain that said something is wrong. Everything felt right. So I just went. I just went for it. I did everything. I was just, I just sat there, like, nothing was going on. And, stuff was going on i just didn't know it at the time and i was writing and things were working and i did that for a long time i wrote like 80 something articles uh well i wrote about 70 and the other 14 came over a long period of time uh from different viewpoints of my life um and then so what i'm getting at is i'm not in a position to shoot that primary content that juicy shit where you, you know i'm out with the there's the, you know, the drones are fl- out flying, uh, and my cameras, my camera angles are are new and fresh, and in 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 the mix with um with the people and the stuff, you know, and uh, I can't do that right now. I mean, all I care about right now is just getting situated and my best friend. That's it. When I know he's safe, in a good location, and everything is set up the way it should be, then we'll consider it. Then we'll consider it but i can't take those risks right now it's not worth it to me it's not worth and it's not it's not fair to me it's not fair to the to the consumers that i'm working with and it's not fair to him either so that's not going to happen but i will get situated I'm, I'm working on it so those are some just some opening opening thoughts um to to blend with this jazzy music here This fucking soda is delicious. Uh, in case you didn't notice, well, it's not soda. It's Franny's. It's um, this is a uh, black cherry noir. This is one of my favorite ones to drink. Uh, vitamins, antioxidants, energy, zero sugar, uh, no calories, aspartame free. Uh, a little bit of caffeine, green tea extract. But it's gotten, you know, it's got, you drink the entire bottle. It's 15 calories, and it's got no sugar in it and no carbs. So no sugar and no carbs. So uh, it was a good time at Lake Osby. Basically just a bunch of people in boats, just going from dock to dock, listening to different bands perform. It was inc- it was insane. Like the amount of people that were there, just having a good old time, um, made me think a little differently about people from Massachusetts. It's like okay, all right, I-, I see what you're doing here. I mean I get it, you're terrible drivers um, you're kind of annoying to talk to, uh, but for the most part, you know, you do, um, keep the properties up north in the campgrounds, uh, in business. You keep them flowing with cash, and you support that local structure, so I guess I'm not going to complain too much. I do feel bad for the guy who came from Massachusetts all the way up to, with it, came all the way from Mass with his boat, and then gets to the marina, and his fucking boat doesn't start, and then his, uh, his high-priced girlfriend is just sitting there in the passenger seat, like, this is, bullshit i knew i should have dated raymond instead uh and then like two hours later as we're heading back we see the we see that boat just driving off uh on the trailer and it's like oh man talk about looking like a dick so i felt bad but that was it took a long slow drive up north and um just chilled out for the evening and then i uh, came back uh after um going to a showing and, uh, checking on a couple of things and sending some emails and scanning some documents. Uh, but I did have some, uh, news. This was, I don't know how much this is being covered, but I originally thought, well, eventually this is going to be, uh, one of our states, but, or one of our cities, but this is ridiculous. I'm going to shut off this freaking, uh, music for a quick second, and I'm going to switch over to this. This was on f- fucking CNBC, courtesy of Sky News Australia who just got uh, booted off of YouTube for like a week because they violated some pri- policies about some shit. But, um, yeah, this is freaking... This is South Africa right now. There was no room on the
1: road which wraps itself around the port of Durban. It had been turned into a thoroughfare for raiders and thieves as they ransacked warehouses and distribution centers located so close insane. to the shipping terminal. The young and the old took advantage, with people on foot, joined by those in pickup trucks who'd come to steal in bulk. And the police and the country's military, well, they were nowhere to be seen. Why, why are people doing this? Why are people doing it? The train tracks you were mean? used you know as a form of escape.
0: The South Africa's a goddamn shithole.
1: goods, although many try to avoid our camera
2: i hungry. Yeah. You're hungry? Yeah. not
1: It was a sentiment expressed by many. Why are people looting? No food, no nothing, no work, he said. But you can't eat a bicycle. I can, he responded. The trouble was triggered by the arrest of the former president, Jacob Zuma, last week but it has been fueled by frustration.
0: This looks like a giant humanitarian crisis. One, one of many, and one that we're probably not gonna do anything about. One that we really can't do anything about, but it's just people on the train tracks, people on the sidewalks, people all over the streets. Everything that can be looted, will be looted. And I don't blame the people either.
1: In a country where millions are struggling in the midst of the pandemic. The authorities have made nearly 2,000 arrests nationwide, but they are not in control. On the River Horse industrial estate, a police unit fired tear gas and rubber bullets in an attempt to clear the park. The police are outnumbered and bewildered and some are growing angry as they race to another call Man. we saw one officer firing his weapon at people on the roadside at point-blank range roadblocks have been erected to intercept the looters but they will not stop this disorder for the authorities lack basic resources while millions of people cannot meet their basic needs in a crisis that threatens South Africa, ordinary people have chosen to steal, and the implications seem unmanageable. John Sparks, Sky News, in Durban.
0: Hey, and- Shut up. So how are you going to stop that? Huh? How are you going to lock that down? I don't think you can. I think it's just... I think it's just, that's... That's whatever it is. You got a, you know, you got a bad government. You got a bad system. You got bad policies, bad ideals, and it's like, at the end of the day, the people suffer. You know, and uh, it's a sad situation. But you know, what's funny is when I first saw it, I was like, you know what? I could totally see that being Venice Beach, California not too far from now, not too long from now, that could look like Venice. I mean, I saw some video uh, of an all-out fistfight in the middle of Venice Beach. And I was like, huh only in California. And then I remember there was a giant gang brawl in our own Hampton Beach. And it's like, oh, great. Well, our police are not really equipped to deal with that kind of bullshit. Um, so that's taking place everywhere. So it is just, it is, I mean, it's disturbing. It's like, sh- you know, people are trying to enjoy their time on the beach, trying to make sense of their lives after what 2020 had br- has brought to us. And this stuff is erupting. I I could totally see that happening in California if it isn't already happening. I mean, the LA freeways have been blocked multiple times for riots over numerous occasions. Um, and that's, I mean, and those riots were, I guess you'd call them super spreaders, not that I really care, but... Those were triggering moments, and uh, it's only going to get worse. I mean, obviously, South Africa is as bad is is as bad as it can get, minus the short of a full blown civil war. But that's essentially what comes next. Once the looting of the resources has been completed, and there's no more resources left to loot, you know, uh, portable resources. Then it becomes a then it becomes a conflict within the people and then the people join uh, certain sides, and that's how you get a civil war. Now, can that happen here in the United States? Well, it would take longer because we have so many different states. Now we also have states that are uh, pretty self-sufficient, but there are certain places where if the stuff runs low, generally if a state um, can a state have its own civil war? I guess it could. I guess it could. The question is, which state would that be? I, I'm not sure. It, it would be a state who would have that would have a lot of city people versus it, with a, a state that had a lot of city people and a lot of uh, uh, um, rural people. I guess. You know, because obviously, it, once the looting in the city is complete, and there's nothing left to steal. Well, they're going to start to move to the outskirts of the city because there's nothing left there. They're going to start going into suburban areas and rural areas. You know, it's going to keep going. And then eventually that picket line is going to be created. And that's how the state's going to be at a battle with itself because they're going to bring in the National Guard and then it's going to turn into a shit show from there. And it's going to be like a Mexican standoff. The people, the, the people who are starving in the city versus the people who are, are farming in the country and just trying to protect their homes versus the National Guard who's coming in trying to keep peace. And then it just turns into this giant, like, triangle of shit. Now, if there's a national food shortage, which is pretty possible, it doesn't take, it, it w- wouldn't take much. A, a national food shortage could cause a civil war. it it just basically be the hogging of resources. Once the hogging of resources has been centralized, then it's... Then it's on. That's exactly what happens, and uh, it depends on who controls it. Now, in most cases, uh, it, it would be it's the government versus the people, and that's not a, really a civil war. Although, if you have two governments, it is a civil war. So you'd have to form another government, which isn't going to happen. It's basically, a government versus people would be a, it, it. That's tyrannical warfare. Um, that's the w- essentially the worst case scenario. Because in a civil war, you have two governments. You can have a... You, well, in our civil war, we had two governments. So even if one doesn't survive, you still have one government. In a tyrannical... In, in tyrannical warfare, or in an authoritarian war, if you only got one... Or authoritarian civil war, if you've got one government, and your war is essentially against that government, then you have a failed state. And That's scary especially if there's a national food shortage and then there's like uh this whole, you know, pandemic stuff and uh people against neighbor, na- neighbor against neighbor. Although from what I saw, you know, that's all news stuff. That's all TikTok clips and Instagram reels. It, this is stuff that is not manufactured, but exploited. And social media does a great job of doing that. It does a great job of doing that. And it only makes people want to stay indoors longer and continue to order shit off of Amazon. Something they don't need to do at all. I'll be perfectly honest with you. Um, I don't like staying indoors. I do like to travel. I do like to hang out with people, which I did this weekend. I didn't see anything about different ideals or political stuff. It was just people from Massachusetts that we as New Hampshire people like to complain about. And... Um, they look at us as like rednecks, which we kinda are, but we just were people having a, a good time, doing good things, and just enjoying ourselves, and none of the other stuff came up. But social media exploits it when it goes wrong, and, uh, then we choose sides over it. Now, what was I going with that? Oh yeah. Actually, you know what? Let me get the, uh, let me get the music back here. There we go. Ah, jazzy, jazzy Civil War. But, I'm wondering how this is going to turn out. Oh, the Amazon thing. People want to stay indoors longer, so they order from Amazon. They order from Domino's. It only gives them more power. You don't actually, but if you go out and explore a little more, and you do things on your own, you go shopping at Hannaford's or whatever, or Publix, if you're living in Florida... Um, or what is it, H uh, E B? If you're in Texas, shout out to H E B. Then you create that competition, and then you're out and about, and you meet people, and you see new products, and you try new samples, and you see new stores, and you know you're out there adventuring. But the just staying indoors and having Amazon deliver to you—number one, you don't need to be doing that. There is zero reason, in my opinion, for Amazon to exist. It really is. What, a Kindle? Kindles are useless. Uh, Amazon Prime? What, you can't wait three or four days for your fucking order to show up? You can't go to the grocery store and get it? You understand there are other stores doing this now, like Target and Walmart. And most of this shit that you overspend for on Amazon, you can find on eBay. Or Walmart.com. Or Target.com. Or insertwhatever.com you can find them in other places. You don't have to shop on Amazon. A lot of the stuff I find on Amazon is overpriced. It's overpriced. And it's a lot of Chinese products that actually do take a long time to get here. Where at least with eBay, you can filter it down to... What I like with eBay is I when I buy stuff, I specifically pick American wholesalers. So I know it's not going to take too long to get here. But I don't need to shop at Whole Foods. I don't do anything with Amazon Kindle. I get the most important thing that Amazon actually has, which is of value, is their AWS. The AWS is the Amazon Web Services. That's their little cloud that allows um, domains and uh, a lot of programming and storage and a lot of your web-based stuff uh, to work. Like, a lot of websites rely on AWS, rely heavily on it. So... That's the one thing that they have. But there are other companies that do uh that have web services like AMA, like AWS. It's just that AWS is big. So that's my my biggest concern is um them just having a complete monopoly in the market. Like you don't need to shop at Whole Foods. There's no there is zero value in shopping at Whole Foods. Don't lie to yourself. There's no reason to go to Whole Foods. There's no reason to shop on Amazon. There's no reason to have a Kimball Kimball, Kenzel Kim, Kendall. There's no reason to have an Alexa. Definitely zero reason to have an Alexa. So there's, I'm literally eliminating every, almost every single reason why you should use Amazon. Really. Because all you're doing is forcing, uh, their employees to work harder than they already do. And it's not like they get, like, wow, they get, they get work, they get living wages, they get $15 an hour they are fucking timed from the minute they wake up to the minute they go to bed to perform tasks it's impossible i've heard the shit stories uh, of them of, of of them having to use you know pee in a bag or whatever and having to you know the time it takes to deliver a product assemble it and then be on their way it's horrifying and you're not getting some kind of it's not like golden when you work for amazon it's not golden handcuffs it's just handcuffs it's like, yeah, you work there, but you've got no time to research other things. You've got no time to yourself. You just work there. You work there until you're fired. And look, $15 an hour is not going to get you far. Right now, with the right, with the prices of stuff, $15 an hour is not going to get you anywhere. So living wage doesn't mean what it means. It's bullshit. Total. If the, if the cost of things was down considerably then you could have a living wage. It's just a matter of how you decide to live. But $15 is not going to get you that. It's not. So, I don't support it. I would prefer to support other platforms and and other websites and other grocery stores. I want to keep that competition fresh. Because Because I have to preach it. I have to. It's important. I don't want to have Whole Foods as my only fucking choice. I don't want eBay being bought by Amazon. I want to have my stuff delivered by UPS. Or USPS. I want that to be a thing. I want there to always be some options. Because when there isn't, i.e., Comcast, then there's a serious problem. Then it's like, well, we own everything. We don't have to work as hard. And we don't have to, and we can charge as much as we want. They don't like it. They can disconnect and be without. Like the internet is a utility. I think social media should be a utility because even though it's a private company, they're manipulating public platform. So I absolutely think they should be a utility because that's the that's the thing. If it's in the constitution, it's a utility. You have to utilize it in order to get through daily life. That's a that's a utility. So. With all that, with all that stuff I just unpacked, imagine if a state such as South Africa, well, not imagine, imagine if California or Texas or Florida or New York, or New York, which a couple of those are, are start breaking down, and they start looking like South Africa. How long does it take until those states break down, and then other states start to break down alongside them? Because you know people aren't just going to leave; they're not just selling their houses and leaving. They're going to flee. They're going to fucking flee. That's what a lot of people did in California and New York. They didn't just leave. They borderline fled. They threw their houses up on the market and they took off. And some people still can't sell their houses. Don't get me wrong. There are some places in, in California, beautiful areas that are basically untouched, except by wildfires, that you can still sell your house for a ton of money. But there are other places, like in the valley or in certain areas, that they are touched. They have a severe homeless problem. And it's not getting any better. It's actually getting worse. So what are they going to do? Give them a, bu- a one-way bus ticket out of town? Where are these people going to go? Well, they end up coming to places like here. They end up going to Texas. They end up going to Florida. They end up going to Idaho. They end up going to Georgia or South Carolina or North Carolina. Now, I'm not going to say they don't go there and not fuck up uh, the the place they just moved to, but it can happen, and it's, an, it's a likelihood. I mean, people from Massachusetts moved here and blew our fucking housing market through the roof. Through the roof. So, and I'm probably going to be like this for a while. I mean, don't get me wrong. Prices have pretty much halted at this point like they're they've stopped like housing prices in new hampshire have basically flatlined they plateau excuse me so they're gonna sit right here unless something else pushes them higher like for example another lockdown that would push them even higher because people at final would be like fuck this i'm done because some states are worse than others and they end up coming here and then they drive prices up even more and it would only make it harder for us um, but what I think is, yeah, cause they, they came here and they bought up everything and it, it makes it difficult, but we're not going to go. We have, do we have to leave? or where are we going to go? Where do those people who live in that state that's being overrun with runaways from California? Where do we go? Do we go to California? No, we don't go there. We would never go there. I've been to plenty. I've been to plenty of spots in California. I'm all set i'm all set um i like and don't get me wrong i like my oceans but i like my atlantic ocean and that's kind of my thing that's kind of my goal um but it does concern me greatly in a couple in a couple years what's going to take place and the the i mean obviously right now like like i was stating earlier the housing prices have plateaued they have plateaued there are still other houses hitting the market but it's getting closer to back to school time. People have to get settled in, so they have to buy their houses now, close, and get settled in, so that school can start. And it's getting closer to winter time, so there's going to be fewer and fewer houses going up. And the houses that are up already and have been up for a long time, they're gonna, you're gonna have some significant price cuts. Um, even though they're not really price cuts, it's more like, you know, marking up something, you know, uh. A point and a half and then dropping it a half a point but you're gonna start seeing that and you might start seeing some deals and if we go into the winter time relatively unscathed you may see some opportunities and kind of a calming down of the uh, if, if the sales market if the housing market calms down then the rental market will calm down too okay because the rental market right now is abysmal absolutely fucking abysmal. The only thing I saw that I liked personally was a little studio right on the ocean. That was it. That was the only thing I liked. The only problem is they didn't have parking for two cars. Oh yeah. And no pets. That's another bullshit thing. I get it. Pets can be awful, but you have to understand a lot of people in this, in, in, in the world, except for China have fucking pets. They have pets. And a lot of these rental places are like, now they're in a position to be like, no pets. And it's like what? So now all of a sudden you're gonna have no pet, like maybe a cat. Cats stink. Cats smell terrible. Dogs are far more, I don't know, sniffable than a cat. So it's like, I don't, I don't like that. Uh, this control of the market. First of all, you can't afford to live there. You can't afford to, you can't afford a rent, and they're making all these tough stipulations on a place that's really not even worth that's maybe worth 900 a month and they're charging like 1850 and holy shit you're going back to college they're pushing like the dorms are already overpacked, so they're forcing a lot of these kids these returns or newbies into friggin' uh these like shared uh apartment complexes just outside of the uh campus and they're charging a fuck ton for these kids and these aren't small colleges this is like unh and The amount of tuition, the amount they're charging for tuition, and now these kids, on top of having to pay for their stupid ass overpriced tuition, now they're going to fucking charge them for uh, rental fees like a thousand bucks a head? How are you going to pay for condoms? How are you going to pay for birth control? (laughs) I don't know why I thought of that. How are you going to pay for anything? You can't afford shit. You think you're, what, mommy and daddy gonna pay for everything? You know, that, that well dries up eventually. I have to admit, I have to break it to you. So, this, I would, I would love for the renters, uh, to lose a little power. Uh, I would like for the, the housing market to calm down a bit, which it has. It's kinda come to a, a plateau. Um, it's idling right now. I could foresee it coming down a little bit. Uh, but it'll only come down even, it'll only significantly come down once the, once the, uh, uh, the interest rates go up. Once the interest rates go up, it's, it's correlation. Basically, correlation equal causation. Interest rates go up, housing prices come down. So, like, every time it goes up like a half a point or a point, housing prices drop like 20 grand. Some even more. You know? So that is a strong possibility. But that has to happen first before, before anything else. Those interest rates have to come, go up. And I would think probably by the end of this year, you'll probably start to see them go up. And then prices will come down. And then the market will open up a bit. Maybe. Or it just all goes to shit. Because I have no fucking faith in this system right now. I don't trust anything anyone says. I think it's all bullshit. I think it's all skewed. I think we're in for a whirlwind of trouble. And the more people watch the news, the more people listen to their fucking family, it's like, ugh, spare me. It's just, like, it's just panic. I can't afford that. So... Those are my thoughts after this weekend. So while we listen to some jazz, some nice, sexy jazz, we should go ahead and uh, finish up with some Q&A. Uh, by the way, guys, thank you all for the, for the questions and the support and donations and everything like that. Please continue the train. Uh, if you're into you know, mu- music reactions, uh, I just started my new channel. Go there. If you're into music reactions, positive sarcasm reactions on YouTube. If you just want to listen to me shoot my mouth off for like an hour or Check out the podcast, Positive Sarcasm Podcast. And if you want to see some of my more original content, you can go to Positive Sarcasm and uh, on YouTube and check out some of that stuff. There's some good stuff there. It's all categorized, too. So, uh, in the meantime, let's get to some Dig Q&A, and then we will go ahead and close up shop on this beautiful Sunday afternoon. Once again, positivesarcasm.com slash donate. All right, here we go. Should I tell my son, s-s-s-son... And stepson that my husband and I suspect they're sleeping together my husband and I are at a crossroads about how to confront our sons about a discovery we made while visiting their flat they are stepbrothers technically note the word quote technically my husband and I are both widowers who met and bonded at a support group for single parents after surviving single parents surviving after cancer my son was 10 when I met my husband and 12 when we married my stepson is nine months younger so they are very close in age after a somewhat rocky start, both boys were grieving and trying to adjust to a new family norm, they became the best of friends and from about age 13. They even took the same classes together in high school so they could spend more time together and made sure to go, to go to the same university. My hubby and I went on to have four more kids, three girls and a boy, so lives got pretty hectic. Because our older sons were teenagers when our house became baby crazy, I admit my husband and I probably let the older two fend for themselves a bit more than usual. Uh, okay. They were both adults. Okay. Especially with four young kids in the house. Okay. They were both adults now, 25 and 26, living a state over. Sorry, just readjusting. And rent a flat together. We went to visit them once COVID restrictions had eased, and my husband accidentally walked into a room, oh boy, in the second bedroom, in a two-bedroom flat. Thinking it was a bathroom, and discovered it was set up as an office. My husband's curiosity got the better of him, and he snuck around, discovering one king-sized bed ooh king size, in the only other bedroom that contained both of their stuff. My husband is convinced they are sleeping together, uh, which makes me feel sick. Yes, they are stepbrothers, but they have been raised together since they were 9 and 10. Should we confront the boys about it or act like we have no idea what is going on and hope for the best? Is it just a very close friendship they grow out of as they get older and meet women? Please give us some insight on how to handle this as I feel so lost. We have four other kids to think about as well. I'm not sure I want them exposed to what kind of unhealthy relationships of our worries are confirmed. Well, uh, I don't think um, get older and meet women. Well, they're gay. I mean, that's kind of obvious. They're, they're into dudes. Um, that's not an issue. The issue is actually our, well, yeah, they've been inseparable through trauma since the age of nine and ten. That's an issue. And they are now in a relationship with each other, and they've known each other for 15 years. As brother. As brother and brother. Stepbrother and stepbrother. That'd be weird. Imagine, like, a sequel to Stepbrothers, and it's like a a fucking softcore porn. It's like Stepbrothers meets Brokeback Mountain. (laughs) That's hard.
2: Um,
0: So... You have to... T- I mean, obviously, if it's on your mind, you have to speak up. As far as them being gay, well, you're going to have to accept that, because that's pretty much the way that show's going to roll. Uh, but they are technically brothers, and that has to be addressed. But you're kind of going to just have to let it be, because if you freak out about it, it's only going to make the situation worse. And believe me, it's not the best situation, oh, let's be honest. I mean, technically brothers... Uh but technically not so it's not technically incest I think right I don't know I wouldn't do it I wouldn't do it If the roles were roles were reversed reversed I'd probably stay away from the situation hmm. Support them for their lifestyle but definitely talk to them about the arrangement but don't make don't beat it into them Let's go on to the next Q&A Do I need to continue going along with my sister's decision to hide our dad's death from her kid. Six months ago, my dad passed away. My frustration is that my sister and her husband refused to tell their six-year-old daughter. I understand that grief is very personal for everyone, but her her decision to withhold his death is affecting my niece. My niece is not allowed inside our house for fear she might ask about her grandpa. My young children are not allowed to speak about their grandpa in her presence. No memories, no references whatsoever. I have confronted my sister about my concerns and she has told me that their parent that, that they'll parent the way they want to. I agree that they have the right, but it's been six months and she's still telling my uh, children they cannot talk about it grand, talk about their grandfather in my cousins in their cousin's presence. She has started to exclude us exclude us from family activities for fear that my children will mention his name or disclose her death to their cousin. My children are old enough to realize that is wrong. It's a, a, a rift is growing at a rapid rate. I have spoken to my personal therapist, the hospice therapist, and my daughter's therapist. All three can't comprehend my sister's actions. I can't either. I mean, it obviously is a, is a, an, a, a denial to, um, well, not be a parent. You're denying the, the ability to be a parent. You need to you need to be a parent in this situation. A six year old daughter can it can be tough trying to explain to them, uh, but that's your job. That's your responsibility. That's your thing that you need to do as a responsible adult, as a responsible parent. Something bad has happened, and you need to approach it with them. They're not gonna like it, but it's been six months. You should have fucking figured it out by now. As far as you and that rift, well, they don't want you around, basically, so just don't come around. And what, and... If they decide to break it to them, break it to the six-year-old, then great. But maybe the six-year-old will be like, "How come what's uh you know what's their faces don't come around anymore? How are you going to explain that, huh? You know how are you going to explain that Grandpa is not around anymore, and now the other children are not around anymore?" How come, How? obviously, there's only so much shit you can cover up before the truth comes knocking down your door. So, for the meantime, just take care of your own family, and maybe the other situation will uh, take care of itself. Or maybe it won't, but it's not your responsibility. How can I convince my husband, whom I financially supported for years, to help me pay for a dental procedure? My husband works in sales and throughout our 25-year marriage... He has had several bouts of unemployment that usually last about two years. I've had a solid career with no gaps. We have been fortunate. We have been fortunate to have my steady income and family help during the periods he earns no income. A few months ago, he found a new job offer, uh, a new job after yet another two years of not working. He makes more than I do now and gets generous draw and bonuses for six months on top of his earnings. For the past two years, I have paid for everything, EVERYTHING, and given him money for activities he enjoys without complaint. Because of this, I have been unable to save for a very costly dental procedure that I desperately need. Now he has a lucrative job and bonus income, I have asked that he replenish some of my savings or perhaps take on more bills so I can save. He refuses, stating that I should have been able to save money and pay all the bills. He hides all of his money in an account look, okay. Alright. Even the whole there's even something here about uh, you know, money for his, his pot smoking son, adult son, look. You figure your own shit out. If somebody if somebody if your partner in crime covers for you, you need to repay the favor. That's black and white scenario, dude. Okay? If your husband was unemployed, For long periods of time. And you covered for his ass. And now you want to get your fucking grill tightened up. Guess what? He should be able to help you out. Especially if he's making considerable amounts of money right now. His job is to also help support you in some way, shape, or form. If he... If... 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 You supported him. Then he should support you. Absolutely. That's the end of the story. He should be helping you out with your dental procedure. If it was vice versa. Then... Yeah, same goes in that direction. Let's move on to the next one. How can I make things normal after my office threw a surprise party to celebrate giving me unwanted accommodations for my disability? I'm a 24-year-old woman and I've worked for three years with a firm right out of college. I was in a serious car accident in May 2020 and suffered a spinal injury. Out. Paraplegic. T12 and need a wheelchair. This transition has not been easy. No shit uh but work has been amazing throughout they sent gifts including a remote event gave me an easy timeline to start back working remote when i got home another nightmare though however what working remote when i got home another nightmare oh apparently she wasn't a fan of that however i just want to get back to normal life and not lose the closest I have with my co-workers. Overrated. So back in March the office opened back up for everyone to come back, and pretty much my whole team did. My manager requested that I remain remote, saying they were not uncontrolled they were controlling numbers for social distancing and would be rotating around. It was finally my my turn this past week. I showed up on Tuesday and there was an enormous banner and ribbon. Cutting for a ribbon cutting for a new wheelchair ramp at the front of the building. There was already one in the back. I had my own parking spot, the handicap sign turned into a cartoon of me. The idea was sweet, but I was incredibly caught off guard of the fanfare. Going inside, my desk has been moved away from my team, um, through a, uh, okay, which is going, moved away from my team, which is in the back of the building through a maze of cubicles, but not impossible to get to, and now there's a whole pod cleared out for me next week. They had balloons and cake and everything. I lost it, I started crying, and left. My boss made me come inside, and I told her I'm embarrassed and hurt I felt. I did say things I regret such as them making a performance of me being singled out in a way for the way their actual work is. I called my mom to pick me up and put in for PTO for the rest of the last week. My manager was very clearly offended, as apparently they had to spend a bunch of facility money to renovate. I get the idea, and it was nice, but at no point did anyone tell me that they were throwing me a fucking cripple party and taking taking me away from my team. My manager is visibly annoyed and condescendingly walking on eggshells with me. I'm back to remote at my request. I have a calendar invite, a new calendar invite for an HR meeting at their request. I'm pretty nervous about the HR meeting, and I worry I damaged my rec- reputation and a place in our culture. I would like to just get back to normal with everyone as it was a great place to work. What should I do? Well, um, then, well, they tried to do something for you that was kind. I mean, putting in a wheelchair ramp is not cheap, all right? That's money that could have been put into uh, infrastructure or people's pockets or something like that. But that didn't happen. So instead, they spent it on you. I get it. Some of it was probably tasteless. Look, when you're working in a corporate environment, everything is fucking cheesy and tasteless. Okay, that's you understand that. If there's HR, then there you go. But... You said some things that upset... You have to kind of, like, come to a roadblock. Listen, this some things that are cool with me. I want to come back here, but this is what I'm willing to do. And you'll make some accommodations and stuff like that. But the HR thing, yeah, that kind of is like a... That could be a nightmare. But you do have to be like, listen, I, I got a little... I was obviously emotional. I got a little upset. I said some things that maybe I shouldn't have. That's my bad. I'd like to come back to work. There's a couple things that aren't... Uh, That we need to kind of adjust to. Um. So can we make this work? Maybe it can. Maybe it can't. And if you are really that offended and things like that, and it just is never going to be back to any type of normal to you at that job, then you need to just leave. So. Well, let's go ahead and uh, let's do... uh, Let's see. (laughs) I call them dear. Oh, okay. Why do so many women react negatively when I call them dear? I am a 50 year old male. When I interact with a woman whose name I don't know, I address her as dear. Surprisingly, many of them respond in a negative way, regardless of age. Is it wrong to call someone dear? And if so, what should I call them if I don't know their name? Um, I usually, well, me, because I'm younger, I I I go Miss. Miss is easy because it's it's standard operating procedure. It, it's an accept it's an accepted term based on biology and um, it also is kind of a compliment in per saying like that every woman you meet is a miss because they're young and they're single so they're they're still out there being able to do the damn thing but miss is just kind of like a it's an it's a way to approach Ma'am is kind of the same thing but it, it could also apply that um, it's more conservative it's older some people actually get offended when you call them ma'am. because you he'd be like ma'am? I'm not fucking 80, so there's that, but deer is one of those things, I think it's like the next step, it's like once you go deer, deer is fine if you're like 80, like I get deer, I get called deer all the time, excuse me deer, uh, but if I was to approach somebody, I would just start with miss, miss is, just, it just works, it doesn't get you in trouble, deer is after that, deer, deer, or, deer is sparingly, you have to know your, number one, know your audience, and number two, it should come second. Deer is still fine, though. as In, in term, terms of endearment, deer is still perfectly fine. You know, it, it's it's a loving, it should be in a loving way. Like, thank you, deer. You know, thank you, doll. I appreciate, you know, it's kind of, it's, it's, it's a little gooey. It's a little extra gooey. But it's still allowed. I just don't think you should be throwing it around like it's your number one go-to. Like calling your boss dude, you know dude you need that raise or what no you, you start with sir or miss you know that's the way you should do it um just know you you don't maybe you just don't know your audience not everybody does but that's that's the one thing i would kind of focus on here i wouldn't lead with deer um so that's all right but you are 50 i get it but what does it matter you still know customs um but depending upon where you're from you know what culture you grew up in, it's fine. You know, I I get it. I get it. I'm not going to beat you over the head with it, but, you know, you're asking the question, so I'll give you an answer. Just start with miss and then end with dear. You know, excuse me, miss. Thank you, dear. Or you can end with thank you, miss. If it does, if it stays professional. If it gets personal, then you can say dear. Right? Sure. Let's end on that. Anyways, you can find me on Instagram at positive underscore sarcasm, Facebook, Evil Empire. You can go ahead, like, subscribe, share to all my YouTube platforms. You can also find this uh you can also find this jolly little hour uh on uh iTunes, Spotify, uh iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Podcast Addict, anywhere where podcasts are available, download it, like, subscribe it. Of course, you can also uh download it and stream it directly from my website, Positivesarcasm.com. Um so hit me up wherever you can. You can email me directly, posing music, music reactions, requests, uh accommodations, audio or video editing, Positive Sarcasm at Outlook.com, or just contact me directly from my website. Support the platform positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Any amount is appreciated. You can also even hit me up through Venmo, for Christ's sakes, if you want. Um, at positivesarcasm, by the way. <laughs> Anyways, thank you for listening, watching, and subscribing, and I will talk to you all in the next episode, recorded here from the Spare Parts Studio. This has been a Positive Sarcasm presentation.
3: East of Omaha, you can listen to the engine moaning out his one note song. You can think about the woman or the girl you knew the night before, but your thoughts will soon be wandering the way they always do. When you're riding 16 hours And there's nothing much to do And you don't feel much like riding You just wish the trip was through Hmm. See, here I am star again, and there I go, turn the page, Will you walk into a restaurant, strung out from the road, and you feel the eyes upon you, as you shake, You can't hear them talk, other times you can't. All the same old cliches is that a woman or a man? And you always see my number, you don't. You try to give way As the sweat pours out your body Like the music that you play Later in the evening As you lie awake in bed With the echoes from the amplifiers Ringing in your head you smoke the day's last cigarette Remembering what she said Ah, here I am On the road again There I am Up on the stage Here I go Playing the star again There I go, turn the page.